You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Uh, we roll on here with our look at Week 2. You can check out uh, my decider column, Start Sit'em, there for Week 2, totally up there, as well as Picks Against the Spread, straight up, ranking sleepers and busts uh, for Week number 2. We continue here with our matchup looks here, breaking down every game from a fantasy football perspective, and a little bit from the gambling side of things. That we covered the first eight games on the schedule there on yesterday's show, so check that out on Matchup Wednesday there, and that breaking down first half, we'll do the rest of the games here, including the late afternoon and the primetime games on Sunday and Monday. So we'll dive right in a, in a moment, but... First up, a couple news items coming out here from the Chargers. Uh, Hunter Henry, unfortunately, has a fibula-type injury where he is going to be missing four to six weeks here. So tough break for Hunter Henry, right? Coming off that uh, ACL, looked pretty good there when he was out there and uh, could play against the Colts in week one. So big blow there. He looked like a regular Every week tight end for fantasy, we broke down that matchup. We liked him. Now, uh, Mike Williams also there with a knee injury. Looks like he could be out there for the uh, Lions game. So, Austin Eckler, a lot of checkdowns there. Keenan Allen, I think, is going to be a bigger factor as well, obviously, to make up for that production. And maybe we'll see Antonio Gates or someone step back in to the Chargers fray to help them out. But right now, it's going to be a lot of Allen and Eckler for that team. So, Big fallout there from the week one win against the Colts. Lose a key part there. Henry, they lived without and produced quite a bit. And Phillip Rivers was fine with other guys in the mix. But he did have Tyrell Williams. Let's keep that in mind as a target. uh, And now he doesn't have Mike Williams. So that changes things a little bit. But I would expect Eckler in the passing game and Allen uh, can dominate the slot matchup this week against the Lions. So an update to that matchup there. You can check out what a thought on the Lions side and and rest of the Chargers there on Matchup Wednesday show if you want to listen to that but had to update that for you for sure here and uh, we'll be talking a lot about the injury updates practice reports there that uh, we've seen on Friday's show Uh, we'll do that as well as of our DFS lineup look there on DraftKings uh, who to play in cash and tournament games, the targets there as well. So that'll be our Friday show. Let's dive into our Thursday show. It's Matchup Thursday. And uh, we'll start with the Cardinals and Ravens. Let's say we'll continue with that game. Still in the 1 p.m. Eastern Time window on Sunday. That line is 13 in favor of the Ravens. It's pretty heavy. Now, a couple notable injuries for the Ravens that are in this matchup that when you look at, uh, Jimmy Smith is definitely going to be out. They already have their... Slot corner Tavon Young is out for the season. So you look at uh, Marlon Humphrey. He's banged up as well. He's their top shutdown type corner here. So some opportunities for the Cardinals. I think Marlon Humphrey, if he has to miss the game, it really helps Christian Kirk. I think Larry Fitzgerald is in a good spot anyway without Young and Smith in there. 
So from the Cardinal side, I mean, I'm not going to invest in Kyler Murray or Kirk yet. I want to see more from Kirk. I think David Johnson is a principal that is in your lineup every week, regardless, because he can get production in the passing game. And if the spread kind of holds a little bit, the Cardinals will be trailing like they were against the Lions. I don't know if the comeback will be complete to have a tie or win here, but David Johnson really revved up in that comeback mode when they stopped trying to force around the ball, and I don't think they'll have much success traditionally doing that again after they struggled against Detroit. So David Johnson, the passing game, Larry Fitzgerald in the passing game are going to be the targets here. Fitzgerald looked very good. He had two 40-yard plays last week, so everyone was on Christian Kirk pretty hard, but Fitz still has got some in it, and he's perfect for this offense. When they spread it around and he can work the middle of the field, he uh, worked on Justin Coleman, a bigger corner last week, so without Young in there, without Smith, He's going to be the guy that keeps it going. And Kirk, I still want to see him do a little bit more with uh, Murray to trust that receiver this time. Now, the Ravens' defense is worth a play. They're at home. Uh, they don't have the same amount of playmakers as they did last year, but at home they're typically better. And uh, Kyler Murray is good for a mistake or two here, as well as a few sacks behind that offensive line. Now, you look at the Ravens, uh, Lamar Jackson, you're going to keep him fired up for this matchup. No Patrick Peterson on the other end, so... Marquise Brown has another shot for a big play here. Mark Andrews is a team that gave up a massive game to TJ Hawkinson last week. So he's fired up. So Andrews and uh, Brown can build on their performance from last week. Mark Ingram is locked in. I think I'm going to pump the brakes on Justice Hill. Not getting enough usage here behind Gus Edwards there to trust completely in this uh, committee. So Ingram and uh, Jackson for sure. And uh, Andrews and Brown are looking like good Follow-up plays as well from their performances last week. The over-under is 46.5, so that means some pretty good success for the Ravens and limited one for the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals can get into that 13, again, with the injuries and the secondary garbage time. I think the Cardinals can close that gap a little bit. But, again, the Ravens, uh, I like to win the game. The next game we'll talk about, the Bills and Giants. And, uh... The Bills are actually back where they were last week. They're right back where they started from, if the song goes that way. But 43-and-a-half, one-and-a-half point favorites. The Bills on the road. I mean, I say road, but they just won at this exact spot last year. Came back big time in the fourth quarter. Now, a lot of people are on the Giants in this game. I think the Bills are just the better team, and they have the better defense. And uh, you look overall, uh, Josh Allen, he had a shaky beginning, but... The Giants offered no resistance to the Cowboys last week, so I really like Josh Allen as a sleeper. DFS target for sure. Deep league, uh, Q, two QB leagues. Definitely Josh Allen is fired up this week. He still ended up with two touchdowns there after the struggles there. Had a 38 yards rushing. Had the long play to John Brown. Like His chances to run well in this game. John Brown to get some action. Zay Jones could be a little bit more in the mix as well this week for him. And uh, Devin Singletary is going to be in a better spot to reel off some runs here. So if you need Singletary as a flex in deeper league, you go there. John Brown is certainly a wide receiver three candidate. Zay Jones, maybe a DFS uh, kind of contrarian play here because of his touchdown ability. And the Giants gave up a lot of passing touchdowns last week. So there's that. And uh, again, Allen is a solid. Uh, he backs into the QB one territory this week. That's how bad I think the Giants defense is overall. Now, on the Giants side of things, it's Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram. I think you just roll them out. Sterling Shepard in the concussion protocol. It doesn't look good to play here 
He's going to get Tredavious White anyway. So you're really seeing the Barkley and Ingram show. And you're not really extending much more to the Giants. Some people play the Giants defense. I'm going to avoid that. Simply, they just don't have a lot of playmakers. And you want playmakers in your defense. I know Josh Allen can be turnover prone. But this is a game, again, where he can have a lot of success without forcing the issue here for the Bills. So I'm not trusting in the Giants defense. Simply, they're just not good. And I don't want to wrestle with that, especially in a game where a team is underdog at home where the road team just won on the same field so not going that way with the defense even though it might have some appeal just because of who's on the other side you got to read that early in the season it's hard sometimes to know what offenses have improved what defenses have been terrible here and uh, Giants have complete evidence they're not going to make a lot of plays there anywhere on the field well if you're watching games on Sunday and uh, you just want to relax and uh, you don't want to uh, get out of the house, but you still need to eat, well, it's easy to get your food. All you have to do is open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Right now, you, the listener to Locked on Fantasy Football, can fi- get $5 off your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. So take advantage of that offer right now. And there's another... Sponsor here for Locked On Fantasy Football that we love to talk about, it's Vivid Seats. And Vivid Seats is your top source for all the live events that you want to go to, uh, whether it's a concert, hearing our favorite band in person, or just want to be there for our favorite college or pro team. The Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program is going to make that a lot sweeter for you. You can attend the event of your choice and earn credit towards your next live event Uh, and you don't really have to do anything you just have to download the vivid seats app and you're automatically involved in the vivid seats rewards and once you're enrolled automatically you can enjoy credits on all your purchases part of vivid seats rewards every purchase at vivid seats is backed by their 100 percent buyer guarantee you can get to the biggest concerts the hottest theater shows and Yes, the biggest sporting events out there. Vivid Seats has it all for you. Download the, that Vivid Seats app on App Store or Google Play and join the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program today. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Again, if you enter the promo code KICKOFF at checkout, you'll receive a discount of up to $100 as well. So check that out. Again, promo code KICKOFF is going to give you 100 dollar up to discount on vivid seats there and you'll be automatically enrolled in the vivid seats rewards program so we'll be right back here with our look at the next wave of the second half of the week two games all right uh, let's continue our look at week two we still have a six games to talk about we'll hit three here and three in our final segment to get you all ready to go here until we do our deep dive with our dfs lineups tomorrow specifically with prices and lineup assembly there but here we're just breaking down every angle of these games and our next game is the jaguars and texans the texans had been double digit favorites now it's down to nine short week coming back home 43 and a half is the over under the jaguars Gardner Minshew looked like he can handle himself last week. So the Texans, I like their D. I don't really love their D in terms of talent-wise. You're hoping that after some tape on Minshew that Romeo Cornell 
and uh, this defense can uh, do something here and make some plays. J.J. Watt looking for a rebound game after being shut out in the stat column last week. So we'll see. So they're worthy play. There are a lot worse ways you could go. Uh, Texans always have potential big play with Watt in there. So keep that in mind. And Minshew, again, sometimes uh, like the situation we've seen with uh, guys like Nick Mullins, they can come in and have great success in their first game. But once there's some tape on them, know their tendencies a little bit it's easier to game plan and i think the texans will have some defensive success there obviously you're not reaching for Minshew. i think i'm going to avoid most of the jaguars receivers i still want to see how it plays out with chris conley and uh, dj chark in this offense uh, i feel a little bit better consistency wise about dd westbrook's usage in the slot the texans remember just got rid of uh, a corner here in aaron colvin after the tough matchup against the Saints and the way that game ended there giving up some big plays they were torched in the middle of the field so that's good for Dede Westbrook I'm not sure about uh, investing in in Conley or Chark I want to see how that combo plays Leonard Fournette of course is in your lineup for sure for the Jaguars he looked pretty good and I think he'll have a solid game here against the Texans as well now on the Texans side of things other than their defense at Deshaun Watson he's locked in your lineup every week DeAndre Hopkins I think it's a little tougher for Will Fuller this week. So if you, he's your wide receiver three and he's the best option you're playing. But in DFS, I know you might be chasing that the Jaguars gave a lot of points to uh, Sammy Watkins last week, but that could easily be Hopkins here. And Will Fuller has not had a lot of success against these Jags corners in the past. So I'm going to fade Will Fuller there this week. I know a lot of people will be on him, but I think I would uh, go a little contrarian there. In the backfield, I think you have usability there. We're going to watch Kiki Kuti's usage. I'm not as interested in Duke Johnson if Kuti's there in the slot because Johnson is an extension of that if he's in there. But in PPR, deeper leagues, you have to look at Johnson. Carlos Hyde, again, if the score holds up, you think the Texans are going to be running in the second half, get a shot at a touchdown there. He looked very good last week, so... I'm a lot more interested in, in terms of game flow and the situation with QT possibly returning in Hyde than I am in Duke Johnson this week. Let's uh, move on to our next game here. It's the Chiefs and the Raiders. And we're also now in the 4 o'clock window on late Sunday afternoon. 7.5, the Chiefs are big road favorites here. 53.5 is the over-under the biggest total that you'll see in the week. So it's uh, expected to be a points bonanza here, and the, the Raiders' offense really inspires that part of the equation. Now, when you look at the Chiefs, uh, it's a good game here again for Sammy Watkins. Garyon Conley banged up their best corner for the Raiders and the neck injury. We'll see if he can play Jonathan Abram, the rookie uh, safety there out of uh, Mississippi State was also banged up, so we'll see if uh, those guys can go, but it really helps obviously Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins continue their juice here, especially with Tyreek Hill out. You'd figure that Kelsey and Watkins are going to dominate. People are looking at Miko Hardman versus Demarcus Robinson. I know there's been a lot of hype that Hardman is a Tyreek Hill clone. He did play a lot last week, and they didn't have to go in his direction. So I don't think he's a bad dart throw against this Raiders uh, secondary that did give up big games to Cortland Sutton and uh, Emmanuel Sanders last week. But keep in mind, that also could be Demarcus Robinson. So it's like it's all hard men. There's no Robinson almost doesn't exist. But he was there. He had a shot some big plays last week as well. So, Again, it's a pretty split decision in the industry and where you go with Robinson or Hardman, but 
to me, that just tells me I want more of Watkins and Kelsey more. And I think this is also going to help the Chiefs running backs because they're going to lean a little bit more on LaShawn McCoy and uh, Damian Williams in the running game as well as a short outlet passing. They both can take screen passes a long way. So that element will be there given that Watkins is playing so well. He's going to get some attention. Kelsey, they're going to open things up for the running back passing game there for Patrick Mahomes. He was locked in your lineup. He popped up in the injury report in the ankle, but he's practicing in full here. So Watkins, Kelsey, Mahomes, uh, the backs, get them all in. If you need to reach for Hardman or Robinson this week to take a shot, DFS uh, tournament play, either one is not a bad look at here this week. I'd say Robinson has a little bit more value because uh, he's going to be cheaper to put in your lineup. Now, on the other side of things for the Raiders, uh, you're sitting both defenses in the game, by the way, but Derek Carr looked very good in the first game. He didn't do a lot fantasy-wise because Josh Jacobs was scoring touchdowns. So I think Derek Carr still will need to do a little bit more of this one because the Chiefs are going to put up points. They're going to be trailing. Here the Raiders are. So Tyrell Williams, Darren Waller, those look like the top targets. Josh Jacobs, you're getting all those Raiders in your lineup. You're not extending any more to uh, Hunter Renfro or J.J. Nelson. No, you're not going to bother with that. It's really the Williams, Waller, and Jacobs show for this uh, Raiders offense. So get them all in. Derek Carr should have a big game leaning off those guys. And he's had some big games. We remember that Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree explosion he had against the Chiefs a few years ago. And there's always that capability here, especially with him playing well and kind of zoned into this offense here early in the 2019 season. The third game we'll talk about in this segment before we take another break here the Bears and the Broncos not as exciting Uh, you drop from 53 and a half in this Chiefs Raiders game to 40 and a half in this game so I mean Mitchell Trubisky and that Bears offense didn't inspire Allen Robinson looks like the only viable guy I'm not sure if you can uh, totally trust the running backs but I just have a good feeling about David Montgomery this week a rookie running back there Josh Jacobs really ran well against the Broncos they need to establish the run. You don't want to try to force the pass on this team there. And there's very few teams that you can just spread the ball around and throw on any without uh, concern at this point. So I, I think uh, the Bears should have concern with the way Mitchell Trubisky played. The Broncos will have with the Bears on the other side. So that's why you get this low total. I don't really want any parts of this game in DFS. I think the Broncos just sit everyone. Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman. Sanders and Sutton. I don't want any part of that against the Bears defense. You saw what they did last week. Just erased pretty much everybody on the Packers side of things. Uh, the Bears and Broncos defenses have appeal. Yeah, with the Bears, I think I like David Montgomery again. I'm not feeling Terry Cohn as much. Bryce Callahan being out in the slot could help Cohen because he essentially operated as a slot receiver. But <coughs> I just don't like the way Trubisky's playing to attach myself too many to his targets behind uh, Allen Robinson. Robinson will see some Chris Harris Jr., so uh, that is a little bit of concern, but he's your top target for this team and probably one of your better wide receiver two or three options. So he has to be out there after a 100-yard game there in week one against a pretty good Packers secondary as well. So I think Robinson for sure is your Raider or your Bear to play this week. You're looking at Trey Burton. If he can come back, uh, we saw that the Broncos are pretty susceptible to tight ends. So Trey Burton is a guy that will bump up if he can get back in the lineup and play this week. And, uh, again, I think they'll overcorrect to Montgomery being more featured this week over the other backs. He was clearly the most effective, can be very good in the passing game. And we saw the Broncos gave up a big 
catch there to Jacobs as well as the multiple touchdowns. So hopefully the Bears learn from that. Give Montgomery the touches he needs here and lets him uh, operate here. And again, Bears-Broncos defenses might actually be the, end up being the best plays of this particular game. So we'll be back in a moment to uh, break down the final three games of the 2019 Week 2 NFL schedule. But first we have to say, if you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners in NFL games and not betting on them? Well, it's time for you to go to my bookie. That's where I go. It's fast and easy and they pay you when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting on. And... I wouldn't tell you guys to go to my bookie unless they gave you the best experience. You got to do the smart thing if you're going to bet football this season. My bookie is the place to go. You can bet on games after kickoff. They have some of the best live in-game betting out there, and then some of the best, uh, re- most rewarding player perks in the business. So you can take advantage of that. And if you like to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet. You know that the NFL season is the best time of year, and MyBookie is going to make that experience better for you. Join now, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's a special offer for you to listener to Lockdown Fantasy Football. It's easy. All you do is enter the promo code Locked On to activate the offer. That's Locked On. You visit MyBookie.ag. Again, it's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.ag today to take advantage of the offer with that Locked On promo code at MyBookie. MyBookie, you play. You win, you get paid. We'll be right back here to talk about the final three games, the marquee games of the 2019 Week 2 NFL schedule. All right, uh, let's uh, finish with a flourish here. Three big games that we still need to talk about before we close the show. The number one is the Saints and the Rams. Yep, surprisingly, this did not come in ahead of the Chiefs Raiders in the over-under 52 the Rams are now two-and-a-half-point favorites, pretty much a toss-up. The Rams having the advantage at home. It's tough for the Saints. We know they're typically not as good on the road. Drew Brees is playing. They're on a short week, traveling cross-country. So all that is playing in the factor. That's why I definitely like the Rams to win this game and handle that two-and-a-half. But when you look at the Saints' offense, I mean, Drew Brees, you're still looking at, I mean, he's going to have to put the ball quite up in this game. Alvin Kamara can help him with big production. He can't guard Michael Thomas, so we know that. So... Uh, Thomas and Kamara are going to give Breeze a good baseline every week. A Ted Ginn came through and played well. There's a chance that the Saints could also be trailing or it would be a back-and-forth uh, high-scoring affair this week again with Jared Goff on the other side. So volume is going to be there for Drew Breeze. So that's how you fired up. Now, Latavius Murray did get the touchdown last week, but really if you dive deeper, he didn't really touch the ball much. So I want to fade him still. And the touchdown's a bit fluky. It was a long run. So, still, it's Kamara Thomas if you need Ginn as well. You figure Aqib Tlaib is going to be occupying a Michael Thomas. We know Thomas can win that battle, but it's going to open things up for Ginn on the other side to have an, potentially another big game. So, Ginn's not a bad uh, deeper play this week in leagues for sure. Uh, he's definitely popped up back on the fantasy radar. Now that he's fully healthy in this offense. Uh, Jared Cook not feeling either. The Rams are pretty good against a tight end, better than you think. So, Jared Cook will have to see if he can incorporate himself back in the offense, but still a lot looks like a lot of Kamara and Thomas with Ginn as the next guy being incorporated in this offense a little bit. Uh, Murray. Now, you're obviously avoiding both defenses in the game. The Rams, 
this is a good opportunity for two of the three receivers to go off. Now, Brandon Cooks figures to be the one who gets Marshawn Lattimore, so that would say Robert Woods is going to take advantage of the Eli Apple matchup, while in the slot, big props there to Cooper Cup against P.J. Williams. So those are the matchups you're looking for, that secondary and tertiary matchups, if you will, of the Saints secondary that you're looking at in the middle of the field. We saw the Rams involve their tight ends a little bit more last week, and that was by necessity because the Panthers were good on the outside with corners. Well, again, the Saints are good at one part of their secondary, but the other two parts, number two and number threes, can go off. So Woods and Cup, they actually were good in this game last year, so I really like them being very effective versus the former Saint Cooks there to be producing. I think Cooks can still get his, but... I think Woods and Cup better have the mat- had the better matchups. Todd Gurley, you were frustrated with Malcolm Brown scoring the touchdowns, but he still racked up the yards from scrimmage. He still was the primary guy. I think he'll get a little bit more usage this week. I think the Rams will also have to use him more in the passing game this week. So Gurley, have your confidence. Remember, you drafted him a lot as an RB2 high-end guy. In that capacity, he can be do very well for you. And at some point, you figure... The usage is going to go up for Todd Gurley as they feel more uncomfortable about his knee going forward. So Gurley, you're keeping in there. Again, Cooks, you're starting. Just temporary expectations. Woods and Cup, just be excited about playing them. Of course, Jared Goff at home is money. He tends to not be as good on the road. So, or Jared Goff, Drew Brees, the splits are kind of interesting there. But I, Jared Goff in a good environment here, and uh, Drew Brees in a comfortable one, and. Uh, very uh, balmy Los Angeles with the weather being good. That's not going to be a factor. So back and forth, get all your principles in this game. The next game we'll talk about is the Sunday night football game between the Eagles and Falcons. The Eagles are two-point road favorites here. 51 is the total right now. And uh, with the Eagles, I like the Eagles to win this game, first of all. I think they'll do a little bit more effective running in this one. The Falcons were really bad against Dalvin Cook, so that's good news for Miles Sanders, the rookie, to maybe get going here as the top snapped running back from last week. Jordan Howard, always a chance for a touchdown. So those guys usable as flex plays here for sure this week uh, after a little bit of disappointment from the Eagles running game. The first week, part of it was the game flow did not go in their favor with the Redskins having the big lead and the Eagles going nuts. Carson Wentz. This week, uh, I like uh, Wentz a lot this week. Uh, obviously, every week he's going to be a guy that want to get in there. When you look at it, we'll see who gets there after Alshon Jeffrey. I think Jeffrey's locked in now. He looks fully healthy. That chemistry with Wentz is back there like he had with Nick Foles at one point. So that's really improved. So he's every week here. Now, Ertz we know is every week as well. We just have to see with the Deshaun Jackson's emergence and the trust there downfield how much they're going to use. Ertz. So again, Ertz is just naturally going to have decline in his usage if Jeffrey's healthy there. And uh, you have uh, Nelson Aguilar start being a factor and uh, Jackson is this much involved. So Jackson for now, I don't love this matchup because you're really dependent on those big plays and he can fade. And the Falcons didn't give up too much of that last week because frankly, the uh, Vikings didn't have to run much. But overall, I think if you needed to fade Jackson, put someone else in uh, seasonal or DFS. I think you can definitely do that this week. Uh, I still like to play him for the upside uh, if he's my best wide receiver the option and he might be this week. So uh, I think he's a reluctant recommend uh, depending on who else you have in your lineup. But I think it's a good rebound game for Ertz and uh, Jeffrey still stays a stud there. And again, backfield two sleepers there that you can put in 
in deep league flex situation in Howard and Sanders. For, for now, I'm avoiding Darren Sproles. I mean, he, he's a guy that's pesky that's going to take away touches from both of these guys in situations, but he's not going to get the touchdowns here or the long runs necessarily. So, again, PPR has a little bit of value in back-end uh, situations if you're desperate, but Sanders and Howard is really where this backfield is in games like this where you expect the Eagles to win. Now, on the Falcons side of things, fire Puglia Jones and Calvin Ridley. We know Ridley is still getting it done, sh- scoring the touchdowns. Jones, he can torch this team. The secondary for the Eagles looked terrible against the Redskins' limited receiving core last week, giving up a lot. So Jones and Ridley are going to be the main guys that do the damage here. I'm not that crazy about Austin Hooper there. I know Vernon Davis had a big play last week against the Eagles, but it took a major hurdle and a, just a big individual effort to get that. I don't see Hooper having that same ability against this Eagles team. So fading Austin Hooper. Don't really like Devonta Freeman. There's just something a little off about him right now. I get that he played the Vikings last week, but Edo Smith is getting too much involved for our taste here early in the season. We thought this could happen because that's the way the Falcons have operated with Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman. They operated that way with Coleman and Ito Smith last year. So Ito getting involved and could pill for a touchdown here also if they had an opportunity down low. So Freeman's still getting his way in there. The problem with Freeman, I don't think he's going to get as involved in the passing game as we would like either. So again, we'll see if uh, Devonta can get this going. But Ito, again, could see a bigger role if, if Freeman continues to struggle and not look very effective here overall. And again, Another game where you're fading both of the defenses and not having an interest at all. Our final game then is Monday night football between the Browns and the Jets. Did you know this was the first ever Monday night game? It was Jets at Browns, however. In 1970, that opened the whole series that keeps going on surrounding today. And did you know that this was also the first time we saw Baker Mayfield last year in primetime on Thursday night against the Jets. He led the big comeback there and uh, held down the starting job and created this hype train for the Browns that kind of came crashing there in week one with their loss to the Titans. Now Mayfield going to get some tricky things there from Greg Williams. He was the Browns uh, defensive coordinator and interim coach last year. Now the Jets has their front to the Browns offensive line. That's been very good. So I don't know if you're going to get much downfield throwing again successfully from Mayfield, especially with this protection breaking down. I don't know if they should force it to Odell Beckham Jr. I think there are going to be some shot plate chances uh, with Tremaine Johnson. We saw that with John Brown. So Beckham stays in your lineup, but I think the line not being able to push the ball downfield uh, means Beckham more reliant on volume here and a, a touchdown, which is certainly possible, but I think you'll see a lot of shorter passing to Jarvis Landry, Richard Higgins, uh, David Njoku to kind of adjust a little bit to the offensive line woes and uh with Nick Chubb I think he needs to be a bigger factor he looked good last week but they got behind early that's not going to happen here the Browns go in as a field goal favorite uh, 43 but that line is changing a little bit because uh the Jets are a bigger mess than we thought going into this game now we are already we're fading Robbie Anderson because of the calf injury now facing Denzel Ward you had Jameson Crowder, uh, this team, the Browns, erased the slot in Adam Humphreys last week. But now Trevor Simeon is starting. That's right. Uh, 
Breaking news before we came on here. I'm glad we waited a little bit to give you this matchup in detail because we didn't know the practice report there yet for the Jets. But Sam Darnold has mononucleosis, better known as mono, and he will not be playing. So it's mono night football for him, not Monday night football. Simeon stepping in there. We don't know what we're going to get from the Jets offense. And yes, there's another twist. Le'Veon Bell, here we go, is getting an MRI on his shoulder. Adam Gaze also reported, along with the Darnold news. So, yeah, we, Ty Montgomery might be the biggest appeal in this game here. Uh, last week, uh, Ty Montgomery was not involved at all. Maybe that's part of it, is they wanted to keep him as the pure backup there and use Crowder as the extension of the passing game. So you'd think there'd be some value for Crowder this week. I just don't like the Jets' offense, period. I mean... Bell's a special player. Anderson, if he can't stretch the field, you're not going to get a lot from Crowder. You don't have Chris Herndon out, out there as well at tight end to help. So I think it could be brutal. It's a good rebound game for the Browns defense now. I'm a lot more interested in them this particular week for sure. Uh, going after the Jets with the Simeon starting and no Bell possibly as well. So Miles Garrett, that company will get after it. I don't expect a lot of points in this game, so I'm going to fade Mayfield as well. Uh, I feel the best about Chubb, but really overall in this game. Uh, Beckham with a chance for a big play there. But again, uh, Landry, PPR, uh, Higgins, PPR could be good values here for you this week with a shot at a touchdown. But again, I just can't expect a big game from Mayfield. I think his ceiling is maybe like 202 with a turnover or two there, somewhere in that range. So he can still produce, but maybe not what you're looking for. I think if you drafted him early and he's your QB1, you have to kind of give him another shot because he's going to keep throwing and slinging. But I think, again, more of a Chubb game. The game flow should go a lot more in the Browns' favor this week for sure with uh, Darnold out for sure and Bell very iffy to play here on Monday night. But Ty Montgomery, if you don't own him as Bell's handcuff, he needs to be owned in all leagues here. Uh, going forward as a high-end handcuff, uh, they're going to plug him in exactly into Bell's role. I don't expect the same type of prediction production especially the Browns defense looking for a rebound on the other side but Montgomery again key pickup must pick up this week now that uh, we've heard the bell news so there you have it uh, there's a look at uh, the rest of the games there the second half of the games of week two from a fantasy football a little bit of a gambling perspective for you don't forget we continue this ride uh, short and sweet every weekday for you uh Every week of the regular season, uh, we'll have a lineup Friday tomorrow. DFS focus there, DraftKings and Cash Game uh, Tournament. Lineups, more injury updates and practice reports other than the Darnold and Bell news. And a look at the takeaways from the Panthers and Bucks Monday Thursday night game as well. So all that good stuff packed into Friday's show to close the week. Thanks so much for listening to Matchup Thursday. This has been Minnie Iyer. We'll see you next time on Locked On Fantasy Football.